Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. On today's show, we have Ann Butera. She is from the wholesomeproject.com. So be sure to check that website out. I'll put a link in the, the show notes. And we're talking about how to be more efficient, how to be more effective during these times. And specifically, since this is the audit podcast and Ann has an audit background, we're talking about how to do those within the audit process. So how to be more efficient within audit, how to be more effective when doing planning and things like that. So it's kind of a self-help episode, but relative to the audit process. Um, talking about what kind of mindset we need to have, but then we also talk about actual tactics that we can use. So for example, actual tactics on how to prioritize um, areas within the audit, how to prioritize audits themselves. And talk about a few different things. So this is an area of interest for me that I just, something I've always found interesting is looking at like hacks and tips and tricks and things like that on being more effective and more efficient. But we talked about two that were new to me, um, one being short interval scheduling and another one being activity clustering. So if you're um, one of those effectiveness and efficiency kind of dorks like I am, those might be new to you also. We also want to mention Anne's book, Mastering the Five Tiers of Audit Competency. So there's a, a link in the show notes for that. Um, and also a white paper she wrote, it's only four pages, but it's pretty interesting. So take a few minutes and check it out. It's on being creative within audit, which sounds kind of odd. <laughs> so it's just four pages. There's a, a link to it in the show notes also. So check that out. And then I know I mentioned uh, a book by Daniel Pink called Drive. So uh, if it piqued your curiosity, there's a link to that book also. If you want to get in touch with Anne, you can reach her at amb at wholepersonproject.com or you can reach out to her on LinkedIn. She's on LinkedIn pretty often, so uh, you can find her there. Both of those contact information pieces are in the show notes also. With that, here we go. I'm so glad you invited me to join you today and Give me the opportunity to have a conversation with you about something that people are talking about, which is how can we be more efficient, especially now that we're in this work from home for the foreseeable future, and it seems like everything is so, so fluid. So today, I thought we could, if you're up for it, Trent, just kind of talk about a couple of ways, maybe two or three ways, that we can increase audit efficiency. What do you think? Absolutely, let's do it. Okay, 
So you know that I'm Ann Butera, but I don't know if you know what I do. And basically what I do is help people achieve their goals. I'm a consultant and a trainer. And some of what I wanted to share with you today comes right out of the School of Hard Knocks. It comes right from practical experiences. So I wanted to share a couple of techniques that I know definitely, definitely work. Uh, but I wanted just to pause and just get your thoughts on, don't you agree that being efficient today is important? Yeah, and especially like I think about for myself, now that my wife and I are working from home, um, the efficiency is important because it's so easy to, for your, you know, eight or 10 hour workday to turn into a 16 hour workday because everywhere is the office now. And yes. so being able to like be more efficient, um, and getting those things done so that you actually still have time to create the, you know, time for yourself that you need, uh, is, I think it's crazy important right now. Well, and, and stay with that. Not only the time that you need for, your, for yourself, because you're absolutely right. With the ability to work from home, this means that we can now work from the moment we open our eyes huh, to the moment we close our eyes. And it's a lot. It, it's definitely a lot. I've been talking to audit managers, CAEs, literally from coast to coast, some in Europe, and this topic about being efficient is not only important individually so that we can retain our sanity, retain some creativity because we need the balance. Yeah. Let's face it, it's also important when we think about the results that we're achieving in audit. You know, we're at a point where the days of having an annual audit plan, they were already a bit passe, they really were. Yeah. But there were audit shops that still would go through the annual planning and okay, we're going to tell the audit committee that we're going to do you know, 50 number of reviews, depending on your size, maybe 500 reviews, 20 reviews, whatever. And these audit heads would say, these are the audits we're going to do. Well, let's face it, with everything that's happened in 2020, and depending on where you are in the globe, it could have started as early as the end of 2019. Mm -hmm. Being efficient today is hugely important. What should I work on? You know, if you are an auditor in financial services, specifically banking, just think, just think about all the changes that went on with banks in response to COVIDness. I said, I'm calling it COVIDness. <laughs> I'm coining that word. It's COVIDness. I like it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether to call it COVIDness or craziness, but <laughs> but think about the branches. Think about what happened. They had some of them closed. Some of them needed to be immediately redesigned. Mm -hmm. Drive-in windows, which used to have a whole laundry list of things you couldn't do at the drive-in. Now we're doing everything at the drive-in. I mean, complete reinvention. Think about the number of transactions where people wanted to wire money, change beneficiaries. I mean, the volume of ordinary transactions for some institutions went right through the roof. Now, that had to have taken a toll on risk management and internal controls, had to have. So if you're, you are an auditor in that institution, are you kidding me? You're going to have to rethink 
your whole approach in order to be uh, to be efficient. So I, I think I, I don't know. At least in my own mind, you and I have made the case for why it's important to be efficient, personally, and also from you know from an audit uh, audit perspective. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and because of the working remote, it is to me it is again, about like the personal time, the thing that you hit on that I liked a lot was the creativity piece yeah. of it. Yeah. And for me, depending on how my knees feel that day, mine is running for 30 or 45 minutes. And I just started doing that because of COVID because my gym was shut down and just ugh, the, the feeling of, of not going to the gym or, or, or sweating in some degree yeah. uh, kind of almost gives me anxiety, I don't know. Um, which is funny because that's how you get rid of it a lot, a lot of cases. So um, anyway, I, during my runs, I'll take my phone with me and some of the best, or what I think at least are the best <laughs> ideas that I have are during that run. And it's because I'm able to um, relax my mind and just let whatever comes to me. And so I'll pull it out and I'll take a voice memo and I'll come back and there'll be, you know, three to five things uh, from that. So I know that's not necessarily a topic that uh, we're going to discuss, but the, the fact that you do have creativity from yeah. uh, that time alone is, I think, important. Well, let's face it. Stress is known, is proven to drive out creativity. Mm -hmm. So if one is feeling pressured, and by the way, the pressure could come from, what do I do first? What do I do second? What really needs my attention? especially when we are working in these virtual teams. I was talking to one audit manager and, and I started to laugh because she said, we have an app for just about everything. Yeah. And I started to laugh because I'm thinking, it's not easy to, earn, uh, uh, to learn a, a new application. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, it's, some of them are more intuitive than others. But this manager made me laugh because I'm thinking, okay, so now I need to remember the software from my work papers, all of the office software. I have to remember Visio. Now I have to remember my platform, which could be Teams, it could be Adobe, it could be Zoom. Oh, and then I have to remember my, my instant messaging, my Yammer. Oh, and then if I'm using Tableau, it's like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, and a lot of this oh, stuff like, hit. Like yeah. immediately after COVID is like, oh, there's Teams, you know, we have to learn that and there's Planner and there's all these Microsoft products and we have to learn Zoom. You know, when we were getting connected today, we both had issues. Yeah. <laughs> We've been using Zoom for months now. Uh, I was using it even, you know, prior to, to COVID and there's still, you know, issues with it. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so let's, let's, I think, I think we've established that we're in COVIDness crazy time. Right. I think we've established that there is more stress than normal, you know, normal stress, and that being efficient is important, being able to focus. And so what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, is turn the conversation a little bit to what kind of a mindset do you need to have? So for example, you just mentioned that you realized that you need time out, mm -hmm. time off, time doing something very, very different. For you, that's running. Right. For me, it's playing tennis. It's, for other people, it might be, you know, it might be something, it might be something else. But when one wants to be 
efficient. What I'm getting at is one of the mindsets is having an understanding of results. I need to accomplish results, mm -hmm. not just activities. So let me, let me give you an example. Audit. I'm just going to go to the audit side and then yeah. I'll give you an example uh, personally. Let's say that I am staffing an audit and I'm in the process of doing testing, control testing. And I've got my data and I'm doing my test. Now, if I am activity focused, I am going to be focusing on testing all the items that I am supposed to test, whether I'm using analytics data, you know, some software or I'm doing it manually. Mm -hmm. When I am overly activity focused, I'm not paying attention to the bigger picture. I'm not paying attention, for example, to the fact that, gee, the last six items that I tested were all NA for yeah. the one attribute. Right. And I just keep going, 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 going. That's an activity focus. When you have a results focus, you, you are basically saying to yourself, what do I need to achieve that's going to create value? Basically, when can I stop working? Mm -hmm. So you do the first one. Have I done it yet? Have I achieved value? Have I achieved a result? Do, do you hear the difference in the, in the focus? Yeah. Yeah. You and it, it's something that I've talked about before also is understanding the objective. I mean, very recently I've talked about this. If you don't understand the objective, that's a big piece of uh, Daniel Pink anyway, in his book drive mentions as knowing what the objective is, is a piece of motivation for doing something. And I know, I was just thinking about this the other day. It's funny you brought it up. I remember when I first started off in public accounting and I had to test, uh, I think it was job failures within the job scheduler. And I was just going through, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just looking to see if there was the word failed or not in there. And I was just like, this is the dumbest thing. What is this? I don't even, I didn't know how the job schedule related to the audit. At, at that point, I, you know, brand new. I didn't know how, the audit really even related to the company that I was doing the audit for. Um, yeah. And eventually that kind of took a toll where it's just like, I'm just checking the box almost exactly. um, without knowing why. And then when someone finally explained, you know, how the whole thing comes together, which maybe it just takes time to, you have to you know, learn a little bit to understand how it fits the big picture. Um, but once they did, it was like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. And this is a payroll job. And this is why it's important to do that. So um, but stay with that. Stay with that. The why, mm -hmm. the why, getting the answer to the why, if one is results focused, and that's my point. If you want to be efficient, one of the mindsets you need to have is results. Mm -hmm. What did I achieve? So, and again, you know, you probably were just starting out. So it would not have occurred to you naturally to say to your boss, why am I doing, why am I doing this? It's literally the first control I tested on the first client I was ever on. See, <laughs> but now imagine now let's, let's roll it forward to it's 2020, not vision. I mean the year. Yeah. And I'm working from home and I have sent an email requesting data to Muffy the person who's responsible for the control that I need to understand. And, I, and let's pretend, just to carry it through, that you're my manager. 
So I'm sending an email and Muffy doesn't respond. Okay, I wait a couple of days. I send another email, Muffy doesn't respond. Now, meanwhile, I cannot move forward with this work until I get the data. Right. Now, you're my boss. We're not in the same office right now. We might be talking, you know, periodically. But I keep, I'm activity focused, not what we want to be. Mm -hmm. I'm a, and I just keep sending email after email after email. That's an activity for, instead of, hey, I'm looking ahead. I am at a brick wall unless I, I get this data. So what am I going to do? How am I going to prioritize my activities, change my activities to get a result? Maybe I should pick up the phone, you know? Maybe I should try another means of getting in touch with, with Muffy. That's all I'm getting at. And I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but there are a lot of folks who have been going through life not realizing pre-COVID craziness that they were really activity focused. And now because of the way we are working, we need to focus on results. And that will help us prioritize, which will help us free up some time and gain some, gain some of that efficiency that we need. Second, this is my second mindset, by the way, for being efficient. If I can lock and load on, I need to create value for my customer, then immediately I have to pause and say, well, wait a minute, who's my customer? So my customer is not probably the control owner. It might not even be the risk owner. It might not even be my boss, although I do want to make my boss happy. Right. But now it starts getting me thinking about, well, am I looking at the right thing? Am I auditing the right thing? Am I spending my time in the right areas? Is this where the risk is? Do you, do you see I smile saying? because I think everyone, every auditor has probably had that thought before, <laughs> before you know, like, well, why am I doing this? Yeah. Does this actually matter? Especially when you're on sample 55 or 45 of 60 or something. And you're like, uh, does this really, you right. know, really that big of a risk area? Should we really be doing this, you know, test specifically? So I thought, I laugh because I think everybody's had that thought at some point in the, you know, when they're in the, the testing piece of it, for sure. Well, I, I, I think if, if, we, if we had to stop our conversation now, which I know we don't, but if we did, I would want to make sure that the takeaway, or at least one of the takeaways, was someone asking themselves, as I do every day, where am I creating value? Mm -hmm. I get an idea and I think, where, where is the value creation? By the way, not for me, mm -hmm. but for the recipient of whatever it is that I'm creating. So let me give you an audit example. Let's, let's shift the focus to planning an audit. Okay. Now, most organizations have some type of a planning memo because the planning, as we know, it's the riskiest part of audit execution if you fail to consider the points that you should consider, you might scope it here when really you should have scoped it here. So most organizations have some type of a planning tool or a planning memo that they expect the auditors to complete. What I have found, and I'm smiling because what I have found is if you say to someone planning an audit, 
You only have two weeks to plan this audit. Guess how long planning takes? Two weeks. Two weeks. If you say to someone, you have three weeks to plan this audit, guess how long planning takes? Three weeks. Three weeks. I mean, you see where I'm, yeah. and I, I, I really, I, I don't want to get hate email from you because I said that, but what ha I think happens is naturally as auditors, we want to uphold the IIA code of ethics, okay? We want to be thorough. We want to display our competency. We want to display our objectivity. We want to do all these great things. But the question of value starts to get a little eclipsed. So when we finish the planning memo, where's the value creation? And could we have done it sooner? Do you, do you, do you see where I'm, where I'm going with this? You know? Because if the, if when we're done and we've spent 80 hours on something and somebody reads it and says, yeah, I knew that, or yeah, so what? Yeah. Meaning the, the area is low risk. We probably should have exercised some efficiency with how we were looking at the data and reaching, you know, and reaching that decision. Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. So my second point is the value creation is not what I think is valuable. It's what the recipient thinks is, is valuable. Huge. So we've got results focus, not activities, and value focus. And then the last headset that I think is so important is beginning with the end in mind. So starting your day and thinking, okay, imagine this day's over. What will I have accomplished? What do I need to achieve? And overlay that mindset. You know, if you're starting a project, well, what are we trying to achieve with the project? and work backwards, what do I need to do? What are, the, what are the fewest steps I need to take to achieve that objective? Stay with that because now I'm going to shift just a little bit. I wanna get more specific. So we've talked about the mindset. We've talked about where your head needs to be. We've talked about the importance of priorities, setting priorities. Now I wanna get even more specific. I wanna to get to some tactics that would be, I think that would be helpful. Yeah. One cool. tactic is what's known as short interval scheduling. Okay. More time spent on something is not necessarily good time spent on something. So let's use your, your example about the data, the data analytics. You hit a wall, you were trying to figure something out, you had a choice. You could spend more time spinning, 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 or you could make dinner. Mm -hmm. You made dinner. Now, where does short interval scheduling come in? Short interval scheduling comes into play when you say to yourself, self, I'm going to do this testing right now, or I am going to write up the audit issue that I've identified. 
And instead of saying, I've got the whole day to do it, no. I, what's the value that this activity has? If it's a lot of value, okay, well maybe then I'll spend a couple of hours on it. It's lower value, maybe I'm spending 30 minutes on it, 15 minutes on it. Let me give you an example, very sub-specific example. Searching for things online. You could spend days researching things online and clicking here and clicking there and then when you click over here. And at a certain point, when do you recognize the diminishing returns? You know, it's important, I think, to use short interval scheduling, especially when you are a knowledge worker, because all we have is our time. It's not like, oh my goodness, I, I, I need to work by daylight. So, oh my gosh, we've got to get so much done, you know, because the sun is going to go down. We've already established, Trent, that as knowledge workers, we could work 24-7 every single day. Right. So part of being efficient is, now I'm going to combine some thoughts, recognizing the value, beginning with that end in mind so I know where I need to end up, and then say, I'm only going to allocate so much time. Now, at the end of the interval, if you need more time, I think you have to say to yourself, where am I? What did I accomplish? Where does that leave me? And then make the decision to either extend the interval mm -hmm. or do what you did, make dinner, or maybe you're done. You know, maybe you're done. So the short interval scheduling, that was the first specific topic that I, or technique rather, that I wanted to, to cover. Does it make some sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, actually, let me ask you a question. Yeah, sure. Um, so I will, on my to-do list, I'll put a time that I think it's gonna take. I think this will take 30 minutes. Okay. I think this will take two hours. And then what I do is I overestimate how much that's really gonna take. So it's something that's gonna take 30, I'll be like, it could it probably take 45, or it could take 45. If it takes me 30, uh, great. If it takes me yeah. 45, then I've built that in. Um, I was just curious kind of what your thoughts are with being conservative in that or, or allocating or giving yourself more time to do yeah. something relative to like what the value is and that kind of thing, like how that would fit in, in. your framework. Yeah, so the rule, the rule of thumb when we were working with people and some of us were working remotely, the rule of thumb was expect an interruption every 20 minutes. Interesting. Now, I think it's probably you're going to be interrupted more frequently if, if for example, you leave your email pop-up on. It's the worst. I, I'm just saying, yeah. because then, then you'll hear ding, ding, or you know, whatever. Uh, if you have your, if you are using multiple devices, so you've got your, your, uh, your phone, for instance, right now I, I have a new laptop. So I'm using my phone, my old laptop, my new laptop. I've got all these things, you know, and I find it extremely distracting. Yeah. Even, even the motion on a screen, if I'm thinking about one thing, can completely take me, you know, right off, right off track. So I would say in your estimation, I get the idea that you want to estimate a little higher. Yeah, fine. So you have a little, uh, what's the word? Fudge time, yeah. flexibility, slack. Uh, there was a whole book written on slack built, you know, built in. I would also go keep some track of your estimates. Mm -hmm. 
Because if something took more, way more time, why? Was it a different type of process? Was it a different, maybe it was a different data set. Maybe it was different software. Right. You know, to, to see, estimation is so important. I mean, it's an important skill for, you know, for, for all of us, but, uh, but yeah, Slack is, Slack is important. Okay. And expect the, expect the interruption so that now we start to blend some of these techniques where you get that interruption. Okay, now I need to reset. You go back to what's on my, my plan for the day. Where do I want to end up? And it helps you more fluidly make these, you know, make these decisions okay. about what it is that you want to do. Okay. And I think before I asked that question, you were about to speak to a, a second kind of how to or how to apply this kind of thing. Yeah, I was, but I thought your point about the estimation, because listen, as knowledge workers, that's a large part of, of what we do. Yeah. But I, I was, I was going to bring up a completely different technique to get more efficiency. And that one would be when you are thinking about your day and working through your day, try to cluster activities that use the same part of your brain. Okay. For example, during the course of a day in my work, I need to talk to people on the phone. I know I still talk to people on the phone. <laughs> I do. I do. I have to write emails, which tend to be shorter. You know, uh, I, I try not to, no, I try to not put war and peace into the whole email. I have to design. I have to come up with, you know, some designs. I might be trying to persuade some people. I might be trying to train other people. You get what I'm, where yeah. I'm going. I'm writing, I'm speaking. I have to create. Here's what happens with your brain. I keep trying to get the most out of mine, which is why I'm telling you this. Your brain is basically divided into two hemispheres, two sides. And the right side is the more intuitive thinking side, the more heuristic, fluid side. Some might say creative side. Right. The left is the more analytical, organized, um, methodical, when you try to use both hemispheres at the same time, nothing happens, <laughs> nothing happens. So for example, I'm gonna take it back to audit. Let's say that I have to put a workflow together and I'm going to use Visio. I'm, by the way, I mentioned the product. I have, I'm not hawking it, it's just using it as an example. Well, if I approach Visio and I do not know how to use the software, that's an analytical exercise. What do I have to push? Where, what, what do I have to do with that cursor? How do I stretch the box? So all of that is going to drive out. How do I display the process? Do, do, do you see what, what I'm getting yeah, at? Yeah. Where is the data actually moving? Where are the steps in the process actually happening? So being mindful of how you're organizing your day I would say second technique, cluster your activities so that you're using similar skill sets for a time. So now imagine, let's put some of the pieces together, put some of the pieces together. I've got a plan, okay? I see where I wanna end up. I've got some things I need to accomplish. 
I am going to use that short interval scheduling. 20 minutes, expect an interruption. Mm -hmm. 20 minutes, pick my head up. Am I done? Did I achieve value? If no, what do I need to do next? Decision point. If yes, again, decision point. And the answer should be, I just was writing. I want to stay in a writing group. Do, mm -hmm. do, do you see what I'm, what I'm yeah. getting Line at? Flow. Yeah. Or, or I'm done with writing. I'm going to take a stretch. I am going to stretch break because when I come back, I need to talk. And that's how you would, that's, that's the second technique. So we're, we've got short interval scheduling, second technique being a cluster, you know, cluster the, uh, the activity so that you are using the, the same part of your brain. We've been talking about these techniques for use individually. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that some folks are responsible for the, for the work efforts of others. So I'm in that role too. Right. And so it's incumbent on me to make sure that my team members know about these techniques because I might be using them. I might consider myself to be a really good time manager. Meanwhile, my team members might think they're effective, but they're not effective. Well, if you're not effective, then you can't even be efficient. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to start with, you know, doing the right thing the right way before you can now say, hey, how do we pick up some, you know, pick up some speed? So I just wanted to point, it, point out at this point that everything that we've talked about, that beginning with the, with the end in mind, uh, you know, having that, set, that sense of where's the value creation, those mindsets, the priorities, how to set the priorities, that focus on result, not activity, is something that I think folks should share with their team members because the way we're having this conversation, that conversation might happen. And so let's say that I'm the audit manager and I'm talking to one of my team members and I might bring the conversation up by, how do you think through your priorities? I might find out that my team member is doing some things that, hey, that's a great idea. I yeah. should do that too. So the exchange is good. It could build, really, it could build some bench strength across the, you know, across the whole, the whole team. I don't know if, if we have time to turn the topic one more time. Yeah, let's turn it, go ahead. Turn, I just wanna turn it one more time. And I'd like to turn it to procrastination because okay. so far we've been talking about what I think is the positives, you know, the value creation, the goal orientation, the results focus. Okay, fine. So now let's face it, especially when we're working alone from home in this COVID craziness. Let's face it, it's easy yeah. to procrastinate. With a 60 inch TV and a Netflix account and a Hulu account, super easy. And then, oh, uh, there's some laundry. I definitely need to go do that laundry right now. You right. know? Right now. So, so yeah, I love this topic, please. Go. <laughs> so two, I just wanted to share two techniques that have really worked for me and hopefully they will really work for you. And the first technique is fighting the cause, for lack of a better word, the cause of the procrastination. Sometimes the reason we procrastinate is because what we are facing is so overwhelming. I don't even want to think about it. 
Yeah. Just don't think about it. <laughs> Let me do the laundry. I can do the laundry. I can feel a sense of accomplishment yeah. doing the laundry. But I, I, I don't need. I don't even know where to begin. So, first technique to fight the overwhelm is to think of the answer to to the question, "How do you eat an elephant?" <laughs> answer: One bite at a time. One bite at a time. Okay. So, if, if you don't like the eat the elephant metaphor because you're a vegetarian, then I would say use the Allen Lakin Swiss cheese approach. Imagine a huge block of cheese and carve out the holes. You know how Swiss cheese has holes? Uh -huh. Carve out the holes and those are the chunks that you're going to start to work on. And you work it in chunks. Now overlay that with setting the priorities, value creation, beginning with the end in mind, you now know which chunk to work on first, second, third. Yeah. So that, that's my first technique. I didn't I know if you had any comments. I love that because I look at like a, a project I'm working on right now. There are 32 different analytics tests that I'm doing wow. for this one audit area. And to think about all 32 and what it's going to take to do that and then to bring them all together and, and deliver kind of the final product is just like, yeah, yeah it is. You know, and I've had that, that feeling, that procrastination of, oh, I don't even know, you know, and it's stuff I've done before, you know? Um, and so I think what you're, what you're getting at, I have just a list of every, you know, I have the list of controls basically, and I can go through and just say, all right, number one, let me do that one. And now I'm done with that one. I just took a, bite out of the elephant like you said right, exactly uh, go to number two and that makes it so much easier to break it down and to be able to, to do it like that but okay so what what is uh you so my another... second my yeah. second one my second one to kind of leave everything on a happy you know happy note is promise yourself a reward mm -hmm. now when i years ago when i was i, re, I used to be a uh, a recruiter i used to place auditors that's what i did internal and external uh, auditors, and, and I used to place accountants. And making all of the outreach calls, because a lot of it then was, you know, was by phone. I would have a stack of dimes, and for every call, you know, the ones that you see rolled, right. you know, and I'd have a stack. And I would move dime by dime. Each phone call that I completed, I would move one dime to another to the other side of my desk. And once I had moved all the dimes, I could get up and I could take a walk. I could get up, I could do whatever I wanted to do. So you might not get up on moving the dimes. Okay, fine. But maybe it's, hey, when I finish this, I can go take my run. Yeah. When I finish this, I'm going to go grab lunch. So it's this idea of building in a reward hey, if I get this done, I can sleep a little later tomorrow because I will have achieved, you know, this next level. So the idea of promising, you know, something that's meaningful to you as a reward is the second way I found to overcome procrastination. It has been said by many people that before you can fix anything, you have to recognize that there is a situation that needs attention. Yeah. Because awareness precedes action. Uh -huh. Think about it even in audit. Why should someone take a corrective action mm -hmm. if they're not convinced yeah. that this control gap, design flaw, execution error really matters? 
So I think it's, there's a parallel in our audit work and that runs with our personal life. Why should I change my behavior if I don't perceive that my life could be better? Do, do, do you know what right. I'm saying? Or Absolutely. why should I change my life if I don't recognize that what I'm doing is harm, harming me? It's, it's diminishing you know, my effectiveness. Yeah. It's, diminish, it's diminishing my ability to, to be the best version of me that, yeah. that, you know, that I could be. Well, so we are, we're talking about a lot of different things and we've yes. tied them in and out throughout this uh, just to kind of wrap it up. Could you connect all the dots for us? Well, not all the dots <laughs> because then I wouldn't have to come back, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> but I think we connected a couple of them. I think, you know, I think the idea of starting with purpose is very, very important. Understanding the need to create value focus on results, not just go through these, you know, these activities, have your priorities clear so that you can remain fluid and adapt because interruptions will happen. We talked about a couple of ways to be more efficient. The idea of short interval scheduling, we, you know, deliberately working in 20 minute chunks. Uh, we also talked about clustering our activities so we stay in a writing mindset or a speaking, uh, a speaking mindset. We talked about not just sharing these techniques, not just, excuse me, using these techniques ourselves, but sharing them you know, with our team members and exchanging ideas because I do see this as a, a journey. Mm -hmm. And we talked about ways to, two ways, to overcome you know, procrastination, you know, breaking things into chunks, taking, you know, eating it, the elephant bite by bite or Swiss cheese and promising yourself rewards. Perfect. All right. So I know uh, you are a trainer also. Yes. Uh, speak at conferences. That's not necessarily something that's going on right now, but um, are, do you have any conferences that you're speaking at, webinars you're leading? I know you're, you're working yeah. uh, or, your, or, or your previous book or anything else that you want to you speak Talk about. Which was it out? Thank you. So couple, I guess a couple of things. Uh, I, I did write a book mastering the five tiers of audit competency. And I am working on my second book, uh, which it will be about audit communication. Okay. How to say anything to anyone at any point in the audit. Conferences are still, uh, are still going on. They're, they're being done virtually and all of our training at the Whole Person Project, which is my company name. The Whole Person Project training is now being offered just the way we're doing it here. It's being offered virtually. Perfect. So we're getting to simulate that group live, interactive, have the conversation with whiteboards and chat rooms and breakout rooms. So life continues, you know, it just in a slightly different way. Yeah, just gotta be fluid with it. Well, I think, I think All so. Right. Well, I, I didn't realize the topic of the second book, and I love that because we talk about effective communication and how important it is, and usually when you boil something down uh, to the, the root cause, it's because yes. it's effective communication, but nobody really talks about how to fix that, so that's something that, that I'm looking forward to uh, when it comes out, so definitely let me know when it does, and we'll, we'll let the listeners know also, so um, I think with that, though, it was fantastic talking to you. You're definitely... Welcome to come back. So that, that's something that we can look forward to. Absolutely. You just let me know when, 
and we will we will do it again. And in the meantime, I would say check out some of these techniques. It is 30 days to a new habit. So if you practice the behavior every day for 30 days, you will own that behavior. It will just become just habitual right. and you won't even have to think about it consciously. Something that we can talk about next time because that is definitely a topic I want to talk about next time. So last thing, how can, if people uh, want to know more, how can they get in touch with you? They can email me at AMB, those are my initials, AMB, at, now you have to get ready to write, wholepersonproject.com. And it's whole with a W-H, O-L-E. Okay. Right. Uh, focusing on the entire employee, not just the work side, but also engaging the employee personally. So that's the philosophy behind the whole person project. Okay. That's probably either that or reach out to me through LinkedIn because I'm on LinkedIn okay. and happy to connect. Perfect. And because of the spelling, we'll, we'll put in the show notes, your email address and your yes. profile <laughs> that no one has to stop and, and write, write and make sure they have the, the feverishly. Yes. <laughs> Wholepersonproject.com right. and your hand falls off. All right. Well, with that, thank you very much uh, and look forward to having you next time. Me too. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.